SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. From Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Hey, giddy up, here we go. It is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, the day's soldier on. Tis a Tuesday in Las Vegas. Chris Bavona, our producer back in New York. We got some goodies lined up for you today. Our buddy Adam Burke's going to check in in the first hour. Stevie, it's a Tony Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Tony Neville, T.I.'s coming in. Post-position draw yesterday for the Kentucky Oaks. Post-position draw for the Kentucky Derby this morning. So we'll really dive into the two big races in our second hour. Tony knows of what he speaks when it comes to the ponies. I love the horses. He also knows his hoops, and I got an NBA question for him. I can't wait. I used to work at a racetrack. You did? Oh, yeah, man. And love the horses. And these two days are really special. I hope the weather holds up. Two really, really wide open races. I think a lot of really good horses. I don't know that there's a truly great horse. Essential quality. Mike Battaglia made the two-to-one morning line favorite in a field of 20 that I don't know, man. On average, how many That's, stalls a day did you clean? Clean? I was like management. Oh. Give me some credit, man. <laughs> no, I was the track analyst, handicapper. And, wow. And I watched where I stepped <laughs> in the paddock. As in the, it was actually one of the coolest things. The outrider pony, the horse's name was J.R., and he was... He was up there. He's like 25, 26 years old. Honest to God, this thing was like a dog. Like, I'd, I'd be standing there doing race cleanings and stuff. Yeah. And I'd go, hey, JR. And he'd, he'd be across the path. He'd come over. You know, give him a carrot or a mint or something. Yeah. Like but, but, I mean, honestly, it's like some of the, the horses are nut bars. And some of them are scared of their own shadow. Uh, you know, some of them are smart. Some of them are a box of rocks. Uh, yes, my sister up in Oregon has horses. I, I know of what you speak. That, now, this is what horses also know the humans they're dealing with. And th- so the two times I've been on a horse, they immediately headed for a tree, right? To, yeah, not good. Yeah, to knock me off using the branches. So they, they know that I'm not in uh, So I So that's it for me with riding horses. Done. Well, I didn't say I was going to get it. No, no, I'm just I saying. I would do that's... a disservice to the poor horse and break his back and get on him. <laughs> But now the Derby, the Derby and the Oaks are great fun, 
and what you get are, you know, incredible undercards, but the real wagering opportunities, and we'll talk about this with Tony Neville in the second hour. Santa Anita, Belmont, Gulfstream, or wherever they're, you know, the other tracks that are running that day. Oh, by the way, it's Derby Day, so they stage really big cards at their tracks. So the grace, racing is not only great at Churchill Downs, it's great around the country. But what happens is the best jockeys in New York and Florida and California, the majority of them have migrated to Churchill Downs for the big race because they've got a derby mount, which means there are defined wagering opportunities at the tracks where they vacated the premises. So all of a sudden, the 10% rider towers over the 5% rider and is getting on better horses than he or she ever gets on. And, you know, the horse goes off 5 to 1 when the horse should be 8 to 5. And, yes, you need the engine under the hood, but believe me, a, a positive rider change can improve a horse five lanes. A negative rider change is the same thing. If the kid doesn't know how to ride, he just rides the hair off the horse and goes too fast too soon, and you don't know how to ride, believe me, there's some dough to be made. And the dough is, I mean, you can you swing for the fences in the Derby and at, Ch at Churchill Downs, but there's real opportunities all day long, all around North America. That's why I love the day. About the Kentucky Oaks on Friday, you, you oh, said I that's pretty wide open. You got a horse? Oh, okay. I love I love a horse in that okay. race. It's a filly. Well, it's a filly. It's the first. It's the first leg of the Triple Crown for the fillies, is what the Oaks is. Um, I'll just throw it out. They passed the champagnes. The horse's name. We'll we'll tell you. I'll tell you why in the second hour when Tony Neville gets on board with us. So that'll be good fun. Um, it's all about Stevie. You look at past performances, but like anything, when we talk about NBA, NHL, like the scheduling, oh, that's a bad spot. Okay. The guys that know how to win the Derby, A, the majority of these guys, the Pletchers and the Bafferts, D. Wayne Lucas for many years, they've got the best horses from the get-go. But there are other guys, it's all about, Hey, great, you, you ran third in the Santa Anita Derby. Nobody's going to remember that if you win the Kentucky Derby. It's all about peaking on the first Saturday in May. And there are trainers that it's a sequence of foundation that's built up. And it's all about peaking at the right moment. It's like you. By Friday, the end of the week, you are so good. Yeah. It's just we got to get through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with you. But on Friday... You're great. You understand where I'm coming from? I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Give <laughs> yeah. me the peak at all. Not at the right Steve time. Go, the he, le he left. He yeah. left. All right, we're coming back. Adam Burr's going to join us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Hey, we're back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius Channel 204. Scott Farrell coming up at 4 Eastern. Uh, locally, we got Vegas Hockey Hotline today. Uh, Jason Popothier from Simbin.Vegas. Uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time will be in studio with us. If you're a hockey fan, think you'll like that. By the way, if you're a hockey fan, check out the Light the Lamp podcast on the Sports Grid platforms uh, that we do with Cam Stewart, which is always worth the hoot. And Saturday night at midnight on Sirius 204. We do the Light the Lamp program with Cam and Andrew Torres. Always fun when we get a chance to check in with our pal Adam Burke. And it's turning into a game of where's Waldo, Stevie? Where is he? Well, he's he's in Cleveland, but he was in Hawaii. He's coming back to Vegas. You, you turned into a, a Globetrotter, pal. Yeah, that's the way I like it, actually. I don't really like being at home, so it works out pretty well for me. How was the Hawaii deal? Oh, it was awesome. I, I mean, it goes without saying, I think, but uh, just absolutely beautiful and a vacation about 18 months in the making because we were supposed to do it last April and obviously not able to do that, but uh, very, very much worth the wait. Well, welcome back, buddy, and back to the fray. And you do such yeoman's work on the baseball front. How about where we stand today in some of the big takeaways? We were treated to a Dodgers-Padres series. Padres uh, look like they're going to be in it for the long haul. Giants hanging in there with the Dodgers. But it's fun when you get, uh, even though it's early in the year, that Padres-Dodgers thing, it's nowhere near that yet. But it had a little Red Sox-Yankees flair to it. It was cool. Yeah, it was great. I mean, a a lot of really competitive close games late and, Pretty much what you'd want out of that series. And, you know, look, one of the things I think is kind of worth watching here, and, and we'll see how it goes tonight with San Diego, but we saw it last night with the Dodgers where they were sleepwalking early in that game. I mean, it was a late game. They played Sunday night baseball, went to extra innings, blew that lead and all of that. But I think it's going to be really difficult for those two teams after playing each other to go and play some inferior team, you know, play somebody else. So that's something I think is going to be worth watching here as we go forward. And, Some people betting on Arizona tonight. I don't like Merrill Kelly very much, the starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks, but money coming in on Arizona today is pretty interesting to me. How do you treat the pitchers, Adam, in the early stages of a year? And when, like, do you see a guy turn a corner and you say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with? I mean, sometimes if a guy's bad, he's just bad all the time. But if he's a slow starter but then starts to show signs of improvement – when do you feel comfortable knowing, okay, I kind of know what I'm dealing with here? Yeah, typically what I like to do is I'll look at the difference between the previous season and the year prior to that. So obviously a little bit difficult with 2020 and the shortened season and all of that. 
But I want to see, you know, if pitchers made improvements. And if they did, is there some degree of sustainability to them? Was there a velocity increase? Was there a difference in pitch usage? Did they learn a new pitch that wound up being really effective for them? And if those things were the case, if it wasn't just maybe a case of luck or variance, something like that, if there were factors involved, then I expect those to carry over to the next season. Doesn't always happen that way, but usually if a pitcher makes some sort of change or increases velocity, something like that, it is something that can have some carryover to the new season. As far as when I start believing in sample sizes and all of that, I would say probably around mid to late May is when I really start believing in these pitchers and what's happening with them, the changes that they've made. Because you've got to keep in mind here, when you talk about statistics with pitchers, one bad start out of four can ruin an ERA and make it really hard to come back from that for a long period of time. So I think it's really important to look at the game logs, kind of see who these pitchers have faced, see if it's one bad start that stands out against three good ones, something like that. But really, I would say I need another couple of weeks, two to three weeks before I really buy in. Okay, then I, this is unfair to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Madison Baumgartner throws a non-no-hitter uh, last time out for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. He was a stud with the San Francisco Giants, and then it, it seemed like it kind of went away a little bit. And uh, I think the Giants thought that and didn't want to pay him the hefty price tag. Goes down to Arizona. He seems to be pitching better with Arizona now. What is the outlook for Baumgartner this year, in your opinion? Yeah, I think Baumgartner is a tough one because last year in the, the short sample, he was awful. And then early on this season, he was bad, too. We're talking about a guy that threw a seven-inning no-hitter, still has a 631 ERA. So this is a guy who has not particularly well so far this season, save for that one last start that he had. I'm still not a believer, although with that being said, his velocity was up a little bit in that start against the Braves, closer towards his career average than he was last season and in his first few starts. So maybe the Diamondbacks unlocked something mechanically that does kind of fix him, smooth him out a little bit, make him more effective. I'll definitely be watching his next start very closely. But to that end, I mean, the Braves played two games the other day and got one hit across 14 innings. They're one of the biggest surprise teams to me here so far in just how bad their offense has performed to this point. Ronald Acuna Jr. has been great. Freddie Freeman had a nice game yesterday. But overall, the Braves have really struggled offensively, and that's been one of the biggest surprises to me so far here this season. What about the A's, Adam? The slow start and then the incredible winning streak, 9-1 and one last 10. Uh, there's a team offensively doing pretty solid work. Uh, they've scored 103, but they've allowed 104. You're sitting there 15 and 8, but the run differential is minus one. What are we dealing with here? Yeah, that's a case where in the first four games of the season, I think they got outscored 35 to 9 by Houston in that four game sweep to open up the season. So they were still kind of digging themselves out of that hole a little bit. But, you know, look, credit to them for turning it around, and maybe they're going to be better than I expected here for this season. But this is the first time in probably four or five years that I came into a season very down on the Oakland A's. I thought that, you know, their bullpen didn't look as strong as it has in previous seasons. Their starting pitching depth is is rather non-existent. And I thought the offense would take some steps back as well. So I think they're, you know, somewhere in between this big 13-game winning streak and this awful start that they had. But I do think that they gradually go back to the pack here as we keep going through the spring. All right, how about your backyard with the Indians, a game below 500 in the Central? Kansas City and the White Sox all of a sudden 
get the hot hand. Both teams riding winning streaks and open up a mini cushion here. But very early on, what do you make of the uh, Indians? Yeah, the Indians here, I mean, look, this offense is so bad. And they've gotten a little bit unlucky. There's a statistic out there called X-WOBA, expected weighted on base average. And without digging too deep into what it all means, it's a measure of contact quality. It's a measure of exit velocity, launch angles, stuff like that. And then the expected outcomes of those batted balls. Well, the Indians here so far this season are one of the biggest underachievers based on their actual weighted on base average and their expected weighted on base average. So if that kind of stabilizes a little bit here, we know their pitching is good. Their bullpen is very, very strong, particularly at the back end with Karen Shack and Classe. This is a team that I think probably does hover around 500, but we are seeing some signs where they could possibly be just a little bit better than that and maybe get into that 84-85 win range, which right now, based on how things are kind of shaking out, could sort of put you in the discussion for that second wild card spot. But before we leave the Central, real quickly here, one thing. I did play the Royals season win total over. It was one of my favorite plays. Love the nice. start that they're off to. But yep. their underlying statistics suggest massive regression. So I would look for the Royals to be a team that hits the skids here pretty soon. Stevie, years ago, didn't you didn't you date a girl named Woba? Oh, uh, yeah, and she's now my ex. Your ex. <laughs> <laughs> my ex Woba. Well, well done. I told you at the beginning of the year, Brian, watch the Cleveland Indians ex Woba. I thought it would be a factor. <laughs> All right, Adam Burke, chock full of information on Major League Baseball. We got the NFL draft. We got the Oaks, the Derby, NHL, monster games, home stretch of the regular season, NBA, the whole kit and caboodle, man. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. And we got majors coming up in golf, too. Lots on the plate. It's Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, our guest in hour number one is our pal Adam Burke. Back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Adam Burks, our guest today, our producer's Chris Pavona, back in New York. And we are racing towards the NFL draft in your backyard, Adam. Uh, how big a you know, how big a show is the NFL putting on there? I, I saw some folks from Buffalo on Twitter that went to see the Yankees game last weekend and they were showing pictures of NFL helmets and things around the city. Is it a full-fledged onslaught from the NFL or is it 
kind of tapered down just because of what we're going through. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're trying to do everything they can with it. And, you know, obviously everything a little bit watered down still at this point in time. And, and literally speaking of watered down, it's expected to actually rain very heavily on Thursday here. So, you know, everything kind of outside. They got a big tent set up for it and all that. And, of course, the weather's going to be awful. So uh, hopefully it's not as bad as they're predicting it to be. And hopefully everyone has a good time that's able to get down there. But, yeah, you know, uh, there's been pretty high vaccination rates in this area. So, you know, they've been able to have some measure of people there as long as they've shown that they're fully vaccinated so i'm sure like everything else over the last you know 13 14 months here people will make the most of it something a little different for both you and i and that's the browns picking 26th and for me the bills picking 30th and believe me that's a wonderful problem to have and it's different oh it's fantastic i mean you know the browns and they they very easily could have beaten the Chiefs in, in that uh, conference chair in the uh, divisional. Round. I wish you did. Yeah, well, I wish we did too. But it, it's one of those things where you know usually we're talking about the draft as if it's a playoff game, but we actually had real ones this year, so that was pretty nice. What do you make of the Browns? Everybody seems to believe they're going to focus on the defense. They put up a lot of points. They had a hard time stopping people, seeing edge rushers for the most part, being targeted in mock drafts by the, you know, quote-unquote analyst experts, whatever, on the way in. And for the most part, there's a lot of good information out there. But the crazy thing is that that part of the draft, that's where teams maybe start trading down and accruing extra assets. And the bottom of the first round becomes really intriguing. It's really a chess match. But for the most part, are you believing the Browns will focus on defense? They pick with Miles Garrett and Clowney. Nice bookends on the defensive line. That's a start. Yeah, it's absolutely a start. I mean, you know, I think in today's day and age in the NFL, you've got to look at the secondary, and you have to be strong in the secondary. You know, we kind of look at it here nowadays, and you think about the matchup nightmare that Kyle Pitts is going to be, you know, wherever he winds up getting drafted. You think about what a nightmare Travis Kelsey is. You think about what a nightmare a lot of these really high-quality tight ends are around the league. You got to have safeties that can cover those guys, you know, and, and maybe you look for linebackers that can cover them. But, you know, the Browns, they've got help at safety. You know, they've got some guys that are coming back off of injury, but I don't think you can ever have enough secondary depth now in today's game for the NFL. So I hope that they're looking in the secondary, quite frankly. Uh, you know, I think you can find guys that can shed blockers and, and make tackles at linebacker. You've got the two edge guys already, as you mentioned. I think you've got to look in, in the secondary. I think you've got to look at you know the best safety, the best corner on the board, and just go ahead and strengthen yourself that way. Because, like you said, the offense looks really good. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield did a, a media spot the other day, and he's like, "Look, I have the same head coach for the first time in consecutive years since 2015-16 with Bob Stoops at Oklahoma." So, you know, I mean, they've got to be very excited about where the offense is going into next season. It is the defense that needs work, and I think the safety position is probably where they ought to look. But, you know, as long as they take the best player available on defense, I trust them. And that's an important thing, too, is, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way about the Bills. I trust that front office now to make smart, sound scouting decisions, and that goes a long way. Amen to that. And a fish rots from the head down, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. The, the one thing I would say, and your point is spot on, and you look at this year when we're talking about Chase and Waddle, 
Devonta Smith, the Bateman kid from Minnesota, the Pitts kid. Okay, he's the tight end is maybe a unique weapon. We'll see how that translates. But all these kids that are phenomenal in college, and it's a passing game. But the wide receivers who can be risky first-round picks that are phenomenal in college football, where they struggles when they get to the NFL because every DB in the NFL is as fast, if not faster, than they are, and that's not the case maybe in college, you know, throughout the course of a long season, to the point where the depth and the value of the cornerbacks and safeties, it's so important because, like, okay, if you're the Browns, the Bills, and you're sitting there saying, well, hey, we're really good and we got a chance, but wait a minute, we got to deal with the Chiefs for the next five years. What are you, what are you thinking you got to do? You better be able to cover Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and – so the the guys that maybe that that best player available thing for sure, but in terms of the difference maker is going to put you over the top if you're sitting there in that window of time saying how good are the Chiefs going to be for the next four or five years? Well, we got to find a way to hang with these guys, and that comes down to defense, DBs, and fast linebackers, and things of that ilk. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other option is you know you just go into it thinking, okay, we're going to try and score 35 points a game and outscore everybody. And maybe that's a possibility, you know, for some of these teams. Or maybe they just decide, you know what, we'll load up on offense. We'll, we'll figure it out on the defensive side. You, know, you think about the Chiefs. I mean, they had that great run in the second half defensively two years ago. Their defense wasn't that great last year. It, it wasn't that good of a unit. So, I don't know, maybe you kind of look at it from an AFC standpoint and say, all right, I'm confident going into an arms race with this team. I don't know if it's a smart thing to do with Patrick Mahomes, but maybe you do have some teams that kind of think about it that way you know, kind of play with them as opposed to try and stop them. You know, the one thing I would say, when you mentioned believing in an organization, scouts, GM, coach, the whole thing, if it's trending the right way, and you sit back and, you know, it's water cooler stuff. If a guy that knows what he's doing goes up to get a guy, he's going up because he's a difference maker. But the thing I love, if you believe in the organization the way we're talking about, I'd be all about trading down and getting a couple extra picks because believe you me, man, you guys in the second, third, and fourth round, I think you could go down to the fourth round and say there's no reason that a guy even into the fourth round couldn't be projected as a starter. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. You know, and, and if you think that your guy is going to be there or you've got multiple guys on the board that are kind of rated the same, then, yeah, you can trade down. And, that's the nice thing too, you know. When, when you're a good team, and when you've kind of proven yourself, and, and I don't, know if, I don't know if it's fair to say the Browns have proven themselves yet. Certainly, the Bills have, but you know, you've got the chance to trade down, acquire additional assets, keep building that depth. And when you think about the teams that have been really good for a long period of time, the Baltimore's, the Pittsburghs of the world, they're they're picking those guys in the sixth and seventh round, like you mentioned, that are either starters. Or guys that can start if they get into injury situations. And that's what really made those teams so strong is that, okay, fine, they had some of the star guys, but they also had tremendous amounts of depth because injuries are inevitable in the NFL. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's really nice to go into a draft and not have the Browns talked about for having the first pick, but especially have people with this high degree of confidence that whatever they do, it's probably going to make sense. Adam, there's a lot of Trey Lance talk going around the league. In San Francisco, they're thinking maybe Lance instead of Jones now. 
the Atlanta owner has let it be known that he likes Trey Lance. Uh, Denver's talking about Trey Lance. And Carolina, I saw Peter King in his mock draft had Carolina taken Trey Lance. They've already got two quarterbacks. How good is Trey Lance in your opinion? Where do you think he goes? Oh, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, we, we haven't really watched him play in a while, so I guess that's kind of part of the equation here. And and also, too, you're always going to have that question about the level of competition that he played coming from the FCS ranks. I don't know. You know, and, and it's such an interesting thing, too, because we didn't really get a whole lot of this Trey Lance talk until it came out when Justin Fields said that he is dealing with epilepsy. It hasn't really impacted him on the field here, but it is something because, you know, look, these guys, at the end of the day, all of these GMs know their jobs are on the line with every draft. You know, if you screw up that first-round pick, that will come back to bite you. Maybe not this season, but it will a year or two down the road. So, you know, you take your chance on fields and, and something happens and his medical condition gets worse, and then what? You know, then everyone can go, well, you knew it was out there. Why'd you take that chance? So I think that's why all this Trey Lance hype has kind of come to the forefront here. Also, a lot of smoke screens. And there'll be plenty of that over the next, you know, 48, 52 hours until the draft. But I don't think that Lance is as good of a player as he's being talked up to be. But at the same time, I haven't, you know, watched as much film on him as these teams have either. Well, the other guy that to me is interesting is Mac Jones. And it's nice. To, when when a guy's name's thrown out like that, a lot of that to me maybe is a smoke screen that they're, they're hiding, that it's Fields or Lance. And all the talk about Belichick and could the Patriots go up uh, to get a quarterback. You know what? I I think they maybe get some weapons for Newton by one more year, and I will not rule out the Garoppolo thing still to New England. I still think. And Washington, I think Washington's going to go over their season win total of eight, Adam. we got about 40 seconds. I think they can win a lot of games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then you got the Heineke kid. But I wouldn't rule out Washington taking a quarterback either. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of in that position where Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of feels like that one-year stopgap, sort of what we thought the plan was in Miami. And then, of course, they changed gears way too early with that. But, you know, look, I mean, it's the single most important position on the football field, so you better get it right, whether you do it via the draft or you do it another way. Our buddy Adam Burke joining us today, Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot, hour number two. Our dear friend Tony Neville swinging by. It's always good to see him. It's good to see anybody, Stevie. <laughs> Tony will be in studio with us, hour number two. We invite you to keep it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today.
All right, back with you here, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Adam Birch joining us today from Cleveland. A lot of good info from Adam on baseball, and we we're just talking the NFL draft. Yesterday morning was a lot of fun. And I, you know what? I just want to throw it out to the guys at uh, on Twitter at Kentucky Derby. I happened to, at the right moment, just happened to spot yesterday morning that they were doing the Kentucky Oaks draw live. And like, oh, okay. And then this morning they did the Kentucky Derby post-position draw live. And they gave such an incredible synopsis of an information on all the horse. I just wanted hats off. I thought they did a remarkable job this morning. Again, you talk about getting a running head start with a lot of good information. But the big race is coming up Friday and Saturday in Louisville. Louisville, right, Chris? Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> he Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. All right. Now, uh, two big days of racing. I got to check the weather here. But uh, the Oaks, Adam, on Friday's a field of 14. The Derby's a field of 20. And I think both of these races are wide open. They made... Mike Battaglia made essential quality, who's unbeaten, a two-to-one morning line favorite. I mean, a, it's a deserving favorite, but boy, this year, two-to-one, I'm not buying that at all. I, I think, I think this horse floats up, goes off three-to-one, seven-to-two. I think I do believe it's it's wide open in both of these races, Friday and Saturday. Well, I think what's going to be really interesting with the central quality and with the price is, you know, what you and I were talking about off air during the break is that it's been a long time since a horse has won out of the 14 post, 1961. And those are the things that really get talked up a lot, you know, in advance of these triple crown races. A lot of these narrative-based types of things because there are a lot of people betting this race that know nothing about horse racing. You know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl where everyone just has a bet on it, whether they know anything about the two teams or not. Or like March Madness, where nobody knows anything about college basketball, but they're betting they've got brackets, this and that. The Kentucky Derby is basically the same way. It's, you know, whatever piece of information you can latch onto and then use that, you know, people will fade essential quality solely because of that, because nobody's won from the 14 post in 50 years, or 60 years, I should say. I don't know if that kind of stuff matters. So I'm kind of curious to get your take on that whole thing. The 14 hole, that's just random buzzard shit. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's its nothing. Forgive me, that just happened. <laughs> uh, that's nothing. It means nothing. You know, I mean, the one, the rail, now that matters. I mean, no agenda draws the rail. That's, that's problematic. You don't win from the one hole. I wasn't sure if you were kicking it back to me or what. No, no, no. no, 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 Ferdinand won in 1986. You know, okay, that's that's the the one hole's always there. The auxiliary gate, there's a space between the 14 and 15. And that used to be a good opportunity to get out and break cleanly. But the auxiliary gate's gone now. So it's just one through 20. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a point. it's a brand, it's a brand new gate. This so the one may not be as detrimental as it's been in the past. See, and that's an excellent point too, because I don't know if that's something that a lot of people are really talking about here. That 
you know, some of these post position things and stuff like that, it's going to be a little bit different this year, you know, with a different kind of setup to where, you know, it's sort of like we talk all the time about golf. You know, I know you and I talk golf on my show and you talk golf a lot on here as well, that, you know, if a course has, you know, different tee boxes or lengthening or they change, you know, what kind of greens they are, something like that, the things that happened in the past don't really carry a whole lot of weight. So I think you almost have to look at this as an independent event, you know, at least if you're handicapping based on the post positions. Yeah, and, and then it comes down to the pace makes the race kind of thing, and the bottom line is there's a lot of speed in the derby, but it's rationing the speed and, and how that will all pan out. And we've got some interesting horses. Sadler brings in an unbeaten Rock Your World who's 5-1 to one from the 15 hole, and that horse raced on the turf twice. And he's a genius if he had designs on this horse winning in the Kentucky Derby, but clearly he put all his bags, eggs in the basket of the San Anita Derby where that was the only chance for the horse to accrue the points. Had to run first or second in the San Anita Derby to get into the starting gate and lo and behold, went to the front and never looked back. And actually that's happened before, uh, Adam, where you have Animal Kingdom and Barbaro were horses that won the Kentucky Derby but started their careers on turf. So it's not like that plan of attack hasn't worked before. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, with this being a mile and a quarter, you know, I mean, that's a distance that a lot of horses either haven't run or maybe have one data point, maybe two data points at that distance, something like that. So, you know, yeah, you get a lot of speed in this field to be sure, but do you get that endurance? Do you get that jockey that knows, you know, when to put the pedal to the metal at the right time, when to kind of sit there and stalk the pace, all that sort of thing. And that's why, you know, a lot of those jockeys with the big names, the, the very familiar guys, you know, those are the ones that often take the money here in this kind of race, almost no matter what they're riding on. Now, you think about somebody like a Mike Smith, for example, uh, with Midnight Bourbon out of the 10 post, it almost doesn't matter that his horse is 20 to 1 because people are going to remember the name Mike Smith and what he's done in some of these signature races and just go ahead and play on him because of that. It's, it's always interesting to me to see, you know, which horses take the money and, and try to decipher the reasons why. Well, Stevie and I talked about it in the first segment, that when you're handicapping, you utilize past performances. And I'm trying to think of the analogy, Stevie, it would be like, let's say the Blackhawks in hockey, where you pay Seabrook and Keith for rewarding them for what they did for you. But that's in the past. And then you're paying that price down the road. You know what I mean? So in handicap, we're always trying to look ahead. So with the past performance, say, hey, look what these horses have done. But there are trainers that are, they found a way to get in the gate, which is the hardest thing. Get in the gate. But it's about peaking at the right moment. And that's the first Saturday in May. You know, it's like, 5.50 in the afternoon. There are certain coaches and managers, Brian, in, in all sports that have their teams ready for the big game, right? They, they, they know how to get their guys, you know, as you say, to their peak performance at the right time. Yeah, and I think, too, and this isn't me saying that Midnight Bourbon's going to hit the board or anything like that, but it's just, you know, a guy like Mike Smith, he probably can name his mount. You know, he could probably just go out there and say, well, I want to ride that one and someone's going to make it happen. And he hasn't ridden this horse at all yet. So 
to me, it's those types of context clues that I sort of look for where, again, I don't know if this horse wins the race or anything like that, but I may have it in some of my exotics or something, maybe some matchups, just simply because I feel like somebody like Mike Smith, his agent, his representation, they're going to put him in a position to probably have some measure of success. So this is a horse that, you know, to me, I think because of the brand name jockey that's on him, that's something where, okay, he's 20 to 1, but... I'll consider him in the exotics, along with maybe some of the shorter prices, something like that. There's just so much that goes into it, as you know, Brian, and, and I love being able to break down you know, the Derby the way that you and I have in the past, because it's helped me learn a lot, you know, about handicapping the card, about what to look for, and sort of you know, trying to find that horse that's ready to have that big moment. Well, you're going to know where Midnight Bourbon is when they're running this race, because he's going to look like a giraffe out there. He's 16 hands tall. I mean, this horse is a giant uh, he's going to tower over some of these horses. But, you know, the beauty of the Derby, I mean, the one year, and it's like a story to tell, and you, you'll never get over it. The, the, the best opportunity I had at, a, at 125 to 1, I had Normandy Invasion to win the Derby. And turning for home, Normandy Invasion grabbed the lead. And believe me, it got my attention. But then Normandy Invasion got to the front and all of a sudden hit a wall of fans, 100,000 strong, and he started looking around, and there were no more horses, and he flattened out. Horses passed him, and then he started running again. So, you know, it's all about the timing of the move, and the rider is so important. Yeah, you need the great horse, but these races, the Triple Crown races, the classic races, believe me, uh, jockeys are repeat winners for a myriad of reasons. They get great mounts all the time. But these are guys that also have a clock in their head, and patience is a virtue. When these horses are running distances, they're never going to run again. I guess the last question that I would have for you here, Brian, is in terms of the prep races, you know, the road to the Kentucky Derby, or even if we go back to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, something like that, which races are, you know, the best indicators for you? of, you know, which Kentucky Derby, you know, horses do you want to play on? For many years, it was the Florida Derby, always the Florida Derby, and then, of course, Baffert and what's gone on with the California contingent, the Santa Anita Derby. But it's a different world now. In recent years, the Arkansas Derby's become a big thing. I think, you know, the race at Fairgrounds, and Tampa Bay's even in the hopper now, where at least very early in the – in the prep races for the Derby, you even consider, you know, what's going on at Tampa Bay. But I would say the three main tracks are Santa Anita, Gulfstream, and Oaklawn. Oaklawn's kind of risen to the forefront. And every blue moon, something comes out of New York. But the Wood Memorial this year was really slow. But I think they, they would be the top three that you would you would really focus on. And then, I guess, what about the Oaks? You know, I always think the Oaks is really interesting on, on you know, Friday night, the lead-in uh, to the Derby, usually. What, what are you thinking about that one? Is there anybody that stands out to you? I absolutely love a horse in the Oaks, and we'll, we'll go into a lot greater detail in the second hour with Tony Neville. But I would say the favorite is Malifat, the number 10 at 5-2. to two. At 15 to 1 is the number 5 past the Champagne, who Malathot just beat by a head in the Ashland Stakes. And again, it's about getting the screws tightened to peak at the right time. And past the Champagne on a couple of occasions in that race had to wait. 
and actually set back a length or two. And the horse was so professional moving up and back, up and back, but that's pretty disconcerting. But if Castellano works out a clean trip, when, when he pushes the button on past the champagne, the turn of fort this horse has, he may get a, bi- a big enough lead to hold off the, the late chargers. And there's not a lot of speed in the race. I mean, Castellano could even go to the front with this horse. But I think past the champagne at 15 to 1, there's no way this horse is going off 15 to 1. I think this horse will come down probably in the 8, 9 to 1 range. But yeah, I love past the champagne. No, I like it. I, that's a strong, strong explanation from you. That sounds like a good one to me. Oh, if you watch the replay of the action, if you like the favorite, you got to like the horse that he just beat by a head or she beat by a head. But the point is, I think even though it's a longer race, that doesn't necessarily mean because there's a longer distance for the closer to get there. If they ration the speed right, you know, the guy, the horse on the front end, and I think past the champagne, Castellano, can dictate the pace. Taking a timeout. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Uh, as always, we appreciate Adam Burke. He's our dear friend, and we can't wait to see him. He's coming back to Vegas in a couple of weeks. Taking a timeout. We'll be right back. Expert perspectives and actionable insights 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. It's the winning edge. What are you going to do? Not listen? This is the Sports Grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com is joint pain keeping you down it's time to bounce back with the help of uzu cbd plus that's y-u-z-u-c-b-d-plus.com featuring gummies delicious chocolates capsules and lotions Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Time to check in on the injury news and note. Stevie's ready to rock and roll. As always, brought to you by Uzu CBD Plus. Y-U-Z-U. CBD Plus.com. The lotions, the gummies, the chocolates. If you've got pain, it works. You can manage it the all-natural way. Promo code's blessing. 10% off your first order. Free shipping orders of $100 or more. And you've got quite the list over there. Fire away. We'll start in the NBA, where for uh, Dallas, Luka Doncic has an elbow injury. He did play last night, but they have him officially listed questionable tonight against Golden State. And his teammate, Kristaps Porzingis, has an ankle injury. He missed last night, and he is doubtful tonight against Golden State. For Cleveland, Colin Sexton with a concussion. Missed last night's game. He is questionable on Wednesday against Orlando. And for the Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George with an ankle. Oh, it stinks. He twisted it last night, tweaked it. Something went wrong there. But he said it's just minor injury, and he's probable Wednesday against Phoenix. In the NHL, the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, will miss tonight's game against the New York Islanders with a lower body injury. He missed the last game. Justin Schultz, who has missed the last two games, 
also out tonight, also with a lower body injury. We'll move to Major League Baseball, where Shohei Otani has a blister on his finger. They took him out of the game last night. It came from throwing the split-finger fastball. Uh, he may not bat tonight as a DH okay. uh, for the Angels. They want to rest that blister, make sure it doesn't get worse. <laughs> and that'll wrap it up. Oops, some moves you on that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things you have with a blister, but hey, if you're a pitcher, it's a big deal. It is a big deal if you're a, blister, uh, if you're a pitcher. And again, they don't want him batting tonight so that it has time to heal. It's a big deal because he's a big guy. Tony Neville, Treasure Island, is going to join us in studio. Hour number two of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Scott Farrell coming up at 4 Eastern on Sirius 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're coming back to Vegas. Stick around.